are in week three of our Hello, My Name is Jesus series. Um, our text for all this has been Philippians 3.10a. It is kind of the thing that we've been focusing in on. It says this, For my determined purpose is that I may know him and that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. Again, the whole point of this is to know Jesus, is to understand Jesus, to understand him in a greater way, and, and to really take Jesus away from kind of the two-dimensional sometimes view that we have of him and give it a 3D, 4D, 5D, 6D, whatever it takes for us to truly understand a little bit more of who he is and what he is and how he responds to people and how he responds to us now. And so today I would like to introduce you into the confronting honesty of Jesus. The confronting honesty of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I need you. Father, right now I, I need just to shut up and let your words exit my mouth. I need your help because, because without you and without your anointing, this is just noise. And God, we, we have enough noise in our lives. We need your words to exit my mouth so that you can change us and help us. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, you, I know, listen, we all know Jesus was honest. We all know that Jesus never lied. But we're going to talk about a little bit of something different when it comes to the confronting honesty of Jesus. We're going to talk first about two stories that are both found in Luke that we're going to look at and kind of give us an idea here of some of the stuff that I'm talking about. The first is in Luke 11, and it starts with verse number 37, goes to verse 41. One, and the other one is in Luke 10. Now, these are both uh, similar stories in some ways because they're both about a dinner party. Now, in this time and in this world, to have somebody over for dinner was a big, big deal. It was an acceptance thing. It was a, an important part of their culture and their understanding. So both of these stories take place in kind of the same setting, in a different house, of course, but in the same setting. And this is what it says. It says in verse 37, as Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Now, I want to stop here because I want us to focus on something just so we don't have any questions. This does not say required by Jewish law. It says requested or, or basically required by Jewish custom. This idea of hand-washing and all these things came not from God's law, but later on through a, a Pharisee-type law that it was kind of a custom thing. It was kind of something that they did before they ate. So I don't want you to walk out of here going, wow, Jesus broke the law. No, Jesus didn't. He broke what we would call a custom or maybe a tradition, but not God's laws. Okay? So he basically does that. Then the Lord says to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness, fools. Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. Okay, let's stop here for a second, and let's look at this story for just a minute. Okay, you have been invited over to someone's house. Okay, you go in, and it just kind of give you an idea of the story. So Jesus walks into this situation. Now, Jesus knows everything. Jesus knows exactly what he's doing, exactly the moment he's doing this. He knows exactly what's going on here. So Jesus walks in. He knows what the law or the requirement is. He knows what the traditions are. And instead of stopping and doing the ritual washing thing, Jesus comes and he just plops down at the table. Starts eating. 
Starts grabbing some bread and ripping it up. And the Pharisee's just sitting there going, I can't believe. Now, why is he so appalled by this? Because Jesus here is a rabbi. He's supposed to know this stuff. He's supposed to understand. Don't you know you're supposed to do these things? And Jesus responds to him in a very interesting way. He just basically is like, oh, he doesn't even, the Pharisee doesn't even speak it out. Jesus just knows what he's thinking and basically says, oh, you mean the hand-washing thing? Yeah. Hey, listen. Listen, you, you guys are so concerned about the outside that you've missed that really what matters is the inside. So here's what we need to do. Okay? Don't be, don't be silly. Don't be foolish. Clean the inside and the outside. I'm not thinking Jesus here was really overly concerned with an invite back. Okay? But I was just thinking, I want you to picture this in your mind. I mean, can you imagine the, you could have heard a pin drop when he did this. I mean, the Pharisee's just sitting there with his mouth wide open, like, ha, huh, ha. Huh. And Jesus is like, fool. What are you so worried about that? Harsh almost, confronting honesty, just like, wham, there you go. Two by four almost to the head. The next story takes place in Luke 10. It's another dinner party. It's one that you may know a little bit more. It's in 10, 38, 42. And Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem. They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Now, this is Martha and Mary, who is the sisters of Lazarus. This is their first really encounter. This is the first time that Jesus is invited into their home. And basically, he comes to their home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, but there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, Another situation, another, um, another dinner party, as it were. And now, all of a sudden, Jesus has this completely different response. It's still honest. It's still direct. It's still poised to the, the, the heart of the issue. But all of a sudden, it's a little bit different. But it's still confronting. Look, listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this, okay? But, but in those situations, I don't know what you would have done. I'd probably been like, I'd been like, okay, uh, Mary, I'm going to get up and help your sister because uh, I don't want any, any big, major, big blow-ups between family members, you know? It's like, or, or what we do is we kind of kind of get out of the situation. You know, I, I, have, I have twin sisters, okay? And they're wonderful, but they're twin sisters, Okay, they may listen to this at some point, so I've got to be really careful here. And they're wonderful. But you know, with, you know they, they sometimes that, that disagreement can come and that frustration can come. And usually when I'm around it, that happens. I kind of try to excuse myself from the situation. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus inserts himself in. But instead of taking the side that you think Martha thinks Jesus is going to do, he basically says, no, 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 Martha, listen, listen. This is what matters, and this is what's important. Now, both stories contain a, almost the same kind of understanding here. is the understanding that Jesus is not afraid to enter into a situation and speak truth to it. 
And you need to understand that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He desires to continue to do that. But when we look at this, we need to understand some certain things. Because there are some differences in these stories, and there is some things that are kind of the same. But the first thing I want to look at when we understand the confronting honesty of Jesus is this. The honesty of Jesus can come in like a sledgehammer or a feather. It can come in like a sledgehammer or a feather. Let's look at the first story, Luke 39. Then the Lord said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup of the dish, but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. And then he calls them fools. Wham! Two by four. Wham! Sledgehammer. Wham! Ouch, almost. And then all of a sudden, you see the the other story. And he's dealing with Martha in Luke 10. And Luke 10, basically, we see this understanding where instead of this idea of this really, really harsh situation, we see this more gentle situation. But the Lord said to her, listen, isn't this beautiful? Listen, check this out. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. Do you see the difference here? In one instance, Jesus comes in hard, he comes in firm, he comes in wham. And in the other one, he still comes in firm. But there's a gentleness there. There's there's a softness there. Now let's remember something here, okay? We need to understand something about what takes place after this later on. Jesus continues to see Mary and Martha. He continues to go. He heals, obviously raises their brother from the dead. Anytime that he and the disciples are near Jerusalem, that's where they stay. Obviously, Martha didn't run off in a huff here and get all upset and say, I'm not going to deal with that Jesus anymore. So there was an important thing that we understand here. Sometimes Jesus will come in in our lives and he'll come in hard. He'll come in like a sledgehammer and sometimes he'll come in very gently. Sometimes he'll come in like a feather. I wrote this down because I think it's important that we see this. His honesty and severity are measured out precisely according to the amount of delusion and self-deception encased in his listener. Listen, sometimes God, Jesus is going to come in harsh to you. It's going to seem harsh. It's going to seem hard. But he knows exactly what he's doing. Other times, it's going to be very, very soft. Okay? When, when I was a kid, I came to visit um, Colorado. And, and one of the things that we would do as a family is we usually go to uh, Estes Park. Is that right? Yeah, Estes Park. Sorry, right? okay, okay. Sorry. Sometimes I still forget. And one of the things that we would do in Essex Park is we would go down to the the main drag or the main strip and walk around. And I remember as a kid, there was a rock store there. Okay? And this rock store had, out in front, a big, large um, ore cart, okay? And we used to go and see that. Well, my son loves minerals and fossils and rocks and all this sort of stuff. And so when we went there the first time, that place was still there. And it was really cool. There's not a lot of places you can go to when you were a kid and then go back and it, like, looks exactly the same almost, so the pictures on the, on the wall of all the staff and all this sort of stuff. And so we went in there, and one of the things that we did is we saw um, geodes. You know what those are? You know what I'm saying? Geodes, and there it is, rocks, and they have, I think, crystals or something inside. Talk to my son. He would actually tell me, be able to tell you better than I would. And I remember they were there. And he was so, he's like, Dad, what are these? And he didn't know what they were. It was like the first time he'd seen them. And I said, oh, those are like geodes. And, and what you do is you take a hammer and you smash them and they open up. And so, of course, my son is like, okay, where's the hammer? You know? 
Like, okay, let's do this. You know, where's the hammer? I said, no, 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 you got to buy him first and then take him home. And, 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 and we got him a little something different or, or something like that. But, you know, the thing is, what we have to understand is, is and I don't know those very well. Okay? But what I've understood is some of those, you're going to have to hit pretty hard to get the, the beauty to come out of it. And some, they're, they're almost like fractured. If you hit them too hard, they'll shatter and they'll destroy. God knows in your life exactly when you need the hammer blow and exactly when you need just the tap. Just the tap. John Eldridge said this. He says, you, can't, you can count on Jesus to tell you the truth in the best possible way for you to hear it. The best possible way. So what does that mean? That means when God comes in sometimes, when Jesus is honest, he comes in like that sledgehammer. Listen, the response is not, oh God, how could you? The response is, I needed that. And that's hard. Listen, we all love it when Jesus comes to us and brings his truth and basically says, my dear, dear Aaron. But sometimes, sometimes... My self-righteousness and my greed and my pride and my all about me is so hard and so encrusted in all those things that Jesus has to come in like a sledgehammer to bring forth the beauty out of my own life. Okay? And that's okay. Is it fun? No, it's not. It isn't fun. But Jesus is confronting enough with his honesty. He's going to say, no, 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 wham. Wham. And that's what brings us kind of into this next understanding that we're going to look at. And it's this. The motive behind the honesty of Jesus is life change. Okay? Listen, it's life change. Listen, I don't know if you've ever met someone who felt that they had the, the gift of uh, basically, um, um, well, we, we, we call them sister set them straights. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm just being, you know. I understand that. But you see, there's a motive here that we need to look at that Jesus has. And Jesus doesn't just come and spew truth and then walk away and basically say, now you're on your own. I don't care about you anymore. This is being done so that life change can happen in these people's lives. Look at Luke. Look at this. Fools. Didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? Now we see what Jesus is getting at. So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor and you will be clean all over. Why is Jesus saying this? Is Jesus just being a jerk here? No. No. Jesus is saying this truth. So this Pharisee, and it is harsh. It is harsh. He calls him a fool. But he's doing it because he wants him to change. He's not just saying, you dummy. He's not just saying, you fool. You're filthy. I'm out of here. He's saying, listen, this is not okay. Let's clean the inside as well as the outside. Look at Luke 10. Let's go back to the other story. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Now listen, we don't know what happens at the end of this story. We're not told. Martha could have gone back and immediately just continued in a huff and a puff and continued to be in the kitchen. I don't necessarily believe that's what happened. I could be wrong. I choose to believe that Martha put down her stuff and sat down and began to listen. 
began to, to focus on what was really important. You see, in the same concept here, Jesus is saying these things to change our lives and to change our behavior. The motive is not because I'm smarter than you. The motive is not because you're a horrible person. The motive is not because I can feel super spiritual and rub it in your face. No, the motive here is so that we see the issue in our lives and adjust it to his plan for his glory. And this is so important. Because here's the thing. If Jesus says nothing, the Pharisee and Martha stay in their self-righteous place. Now, maybe the Pharisee stays there. We don't know. Maybe Martha stays there. We don't know. But the reason he does this is to bring forth life change. When I was a kid in the summer, especially, my mom was a teacher. And one of the things she would bring home in the summer to keep us from blowing the house up or, or hurting each other, is she brought home books on tape. Yes, I said tape. Okay? <clears throat> you ever seen these? And basically, you'd have a, you'd have a tape. <laughs> yes. You'd have a tape, and you'd have a book, and you'd play the tape, and, and when it was time to turn the page, it, you know, and you turn the page or whatever. And I remember one she brought home didn't have a book. And it was the story of the emperor's new clothes. And I remember listening to this without a book. And actually, as you hear the story, it's part of me going, I'm kind of glad there wasn't a book. But if you don't know the story, I'm going to give it to you really, really quickly. But I think most of us will. There's a story about an emperor who loved his clothes and was very vain and all these sort of things. But he wasn't too smart. And there was a couple guys in his kingdom who were pretty smart and realized that they may be able to line their pockets a little bit with the ignorance of the king. And so they went to the king and they presented themselves to some of the greatest tailors who ever lived. And they came and they said, we will be able to create for you the best set of clothing that you have ever seen. And they began to say, we need gold and we need silver, silver thread and we need jewels and we need all these things. And we will make you the best set of clothes. You will be the envy of, of the kingdom. And the king, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yes, that's what I want. That's what I want. He said, give them whatever they need. And so they would go into this room and they were working on these things and they were so excited. And they were, of course, taking the gold and things and putting them in their own pockets. And basically the king would come in. So how is it going? And he would look at the loom and there was nothing on it. And they were so, oh, king, it's looking good. It's looking great. See here, look. And they reached on the loom and pulled up and said, isn't that the most beautiful fabric you've ever seen? And of course there's nothing there. And the king said, ah, well, oh, and they forgot to mention something to the king. They said, only the most wise can see this fabric. Well, of course, what's the king say at that point? Oh, yes, it's beautiful. It looks gorgeous. Oh, continue. Give them more, all this sort of stuff. So eventually they got the garment finished. They put it on the king. And, of course, now by this time everyone knows that only the wisest people can see the garments. So they put it on the king. And, of course, the king is there in his underwear. And, of course, all the noblemen and all the people. Oh, beautiful. The most gorgeous thing we've ever seen. Oh, it's just awesome. Oh, it's just beautiful. And they suggest, so you should take a ride, a parade through the kingdom. Let everyone see this beautiful garment. So they do, and the king goes, and he's, he's going on this beautiful thing, and it's awesome, it's great. And everybody says, oh, it's just so beautiful. Oh, it's just so great. And there's a little boy who watches this whole thing with a strange look on his face. And his response is quite simple. Why is the king in his underwear? And there's a pause. 
and everybody realizes the situation. Of course, the tailors are long gone at this point. And the king has made him a fool. Now, I'm going to speak for me in my life, okay? Because this may sound weird to you, and, or it's going to feel like you're going to go, yep, that's me. Jesus, at times in my life, has been the little boy who will look at his son, meaning me, and say, Aaron, why are you wearing your underwear? Why does Jesus do that in my life? Because he wants me to put some clothes on. Okay? Listen, do not be afraid of the fact that there is going to be times in your life where Jesus is going to be that little boy. And listen, here's the thing. Will you really stop to think about it? Well, hear this as we move into the last point. Who showed the king the most concern and love? The men that took advantage of him? The people who lied about what they saw when they never saw it? Or the little boy who was willing in his innocence... And in that situation, to say, you know what? You don't have any clothes on. You don't have any clothes on. Sometimes that's the way Jesus is with me. There's there's not this long explanation. There's not this long, drawn-out thing. It's just this moment almost where basically Jesus looks at me and he says, Aaron, listen, you're trying to do it all on your own. Listen, Aaron, it's not about you. And it's that moment where I feel like Jesus kind of comes in like that to help us to change, to become more like he wants us to be. But we have to understand this. The honesty of Jesus is love in action. The honesty of Jesus is love in action. Look at 1 John 7, 8. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Okay? If you have a Bible and you actually still circle things in it, or if you use your phone and you can highlight, will you do me a favor? Highlight is Okay, because a lot of times we miss that. We think that God is loving, which he is. We think that God does things that are loving, which he is, but, which he does. But we have to understand that God literally is love. Everything that Jesus did was love in action. And that's sometimes hard to understand because there's times where like with the Pharisee, he comes in like a sledgehammer and you're going, how is this loving? How is this really, truly loving? But that's what Jesus does. Let's move on. Look at this verse in John 15. It says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. You got to understand something. Every time you read a story, okay? And this is a great way to do this, okay? When you're looking at Jesus' life, when you're reading about him in Matthew or Mark or Luke or John, whatever it is, you need to always look at this with the veil of understanding that is love in action. That is love. Let me ask you a question. Okay? Simple, easy to understand. If I let my son play in the middle of a busy street and never said anything to him, would I really be loving him? Sometimes, sometimes we have to understand that Jesus will come to us and he'll bring that honesty that just almost rocks our world. But he does it because he loves us. Listen, here's the thing you need to understand. He showed as much love to Martha as he did to the Pharisee. 
But, but, but Aaron, he was so much nicer. Listen, 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 listen. His goal was life change. His goal was understanding where that person was and what they needed to hear and how they needed to hear it. And he delivered it precisely in the way they needed to hear it. That's not rude. That's not mean. That's called love. Because Jesus understands something that sometimes we forget. This life is but a vapor. But he wants us to change and understand some things so that we can grow in him and make a difference in our world and in our situations so that we can basically have people come with us for eternity. Hear me on this and hear the heart behind it. Please do not run out of here and misunderstand me. But listen, hear me here. Jesus is not overly concerned with your feelings. Okay? I know that might come as a shock to you. Okay? But Jesus is more concerned about loving you than placating you. And there are going to be times where his loving kindness... Hear me, his loving kindness. He's going to come and say, dude, listen, hear me here. You're walking around buck naked. And it's time to change. Sometimes it's easy to accept Jesus in his honesty when he comes to us like Martha. But there's just as much love when he comes to us like the Pharisee. And here's the thing. When he does do that, There's a part of me that's probably needing to stop and take some inventory on my life because my life needs to look at it and go, okay, God, why did you need to be so strong with me? You get what I'm saying here? I mean, here's the thing. We see Martha still inviting Jesus to her home. We see Martha still calling out to Jesus. Is she perfect? No. But we still see some growth there. We see some change there. That's what Jesus was after. That's what Jesus wanted. He understands that in some things, listen, feelings change and they morph. And I'm not saying feelings are bad. But Jesus is much more interested in loving you where you need to be loved and helping you than where you need to be loved, than just to say nothing. We're not good at this, are we? We're not good at this, but we need to understand something. Jesus loves us so much that he will always tell us the truth, even if that truth is sometimes hard to hear. You know what's interesting? As much as we, I I think this is a clear thing for me at least, and I think it is for all of us. I think we crave truth. We just want somebody to be honest with us. You know, and, and even in those moments where that's hard, I think that's still the case. We, we, we want somebody that just to be, just be honest with us. Because you know what I've done, and I'm just going to use me, okay, because that's all I know really well, is because I haven't felt in my past that people haven't been honest with me, when people are honest with me, I kind of push it to the side. You ever do that? You know? It's like somebody will come up to me and say, boy, you did a really good job here or you did a really good job here or that. And, and, and basically they may be really, really meaning it and really believing it, but somebody in my past said it and then went out and told somebody else what a cruddy job I had done. There's so much in our lives that we're just craving someone to be truthful with us. Somebody, listen, to love us enough to lovingly come to us Because they want us to change. 
and lovingly tell us the truth. And those people are rare, folks. Now listen, I'll be honest with you. It's not rare to find the person that loves to tell you what you did wrong. It's, not, it's real easy to find the critic. It's real easy to basically to have the people come up and say, you did this wrong or you're wrong here or you did this. How many times, let's just be honest, you'll hear a message, whether it's from me or somebody else, and here's your thought. Oh boy, if so-and-so could just hear this. The motive isn't right. When was the last time, now follow me here, when was the last time you had someone in your life or, they, or you was the, the someone where you were able to go to somebody with your motives pure, with your motives of life change, with your motives of love and sit down with them and be honest? I think we crave it. And here's the thing, even though I think that's rare with us, Jesus wants to be that person for you and me. He wants to be that individual that can come to you and basically in the way that you need to hear it, exactly the time you need to hear it, and exactly that moment to basically say, here, here, Aaron, listen, listen, here it is, here it is, here it is. And you know what? Listen, folks, that's not always fun. It's, it's not fun, even if it's just in front of Jesus, to be exposed like the emperor that's in his underwear. It's not but let me hear, let, hear me in this. Jesus loves you enough to tell you the truth. The question becomes whether or not we will listen to what Jesus is telling us. Because here's the thing. That emperor could have looked at the boy and said, Oh, folks, don't worry about it. This boy is just so foolish. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Obviously, he's not wise enough to really understand that I'm clothed beautifully. Continue the parade! And off they would have gone. I don't know how many times in my own life where Jesus has spoken that to me and I basically looked at Jesus as silly and as, quite honestly, as foolish as this is. And I said, Jesus, obviously you don't know what you're talking about. And I've missed it. Jesus loves you enough to be honest with you. The question becomes, are you going to understand that to the point where you can allow Jesus to make some changes in you? Because here's the beauty of this story as this kind of wraps up. If the worship team was, oh, I'm doing good. The worship team wants to come on up. Miracles. Well, not over yet, so hold on, hold on, yeah. And I didn't put this up here, but, and we don't know. Maybe, maybe the Pharisee invited Jesus back. We don't know who the Pharisee is other than he's just a Pharisee. So we don't know if he changed. I think it's easy to think maybe he didn't, maybe he did. We don't know. But we do know this it appears that Martha sure did. Because when she needed something, she went to Jesus. And Jesus continued to be honest with her, continued to share. I mean, think about the story of her and Mary and Lazarus. Martha looks at, if you had just been here, what's wrong with you? And Jesus' response is like, listen, we got this. We're good. And we see some growth and we see some maturing taking place in the life of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And it's a beautiful thing. So I think it's easy to see that in one case, somebody listened to the honesty of Jesus and in one case, somebody didn't. Now look, I'll I'll just be honest with you. My prayer for you and honestly, my prayer for me is that I can get my heart and my life with God's help to the place that when Jesus got to bring some honesty into it, it's the feather thing. That's great. 
That's so cool. That is, that is good. But let's just be honest, for me in my life, there's some crud that is so encrusted and so hard with pride and self-reliance and self-righteousness. Jesus is going to need to take a sledgehammer to it. And he has. And it hurts. And whether he comes like a feather or whether he comes like a sledgehammer, we always have to remember it's because he loves us so much. This isn't about where Jesus comes in and tells you what you're doing wrong and you're stupid and you're worthless and you're ashamed. I'm ashamed of you. No, 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 no. No, not biblical. This is Jesus coming in as a good father and saying, my son, my daughter, listen, whether it's my dear son or daughter or whether it's, check it out, my foolish son or daughter, there it is still enwrapped in love and loving kindness and mercy. So what's that mean for us? That means for us, our job, whether it comes in harsh or not, is to embrace that truth. Because God, Jesus, they are truth. They won't tell a lie. You can trust them. You can trust that they'll tell you the truth in every situation, in every circumstance. And you can trust that they'll tell you those truths in exactly the way you need to hear it. So Jesus comes in harsh. It's because you needed to hear it that way. Because that was going to be the way that gave you the best opportunity to let God change you from the inside out. Remember the goats? The geodes? Sorry. Listen, I believe this about all of us. There is some beauty inside that God desperately wants to get out. Desperately wants to get Listen, our world, check me out. Our world doesn't need a bunch of rocks, okay? You get what I'm saying? They need the beauty of God's formational transformation in our lives to be on display. How does that happen? You got to break some rocks open. Sometimes the truth of Jesus is going to break that rock open in your life. Let it happen because there are people that need to see the beauty that is inside of you because he loves you so much and because he loves them. Do me a favor. Let's, let's just begin to pray, okay? Because I truly believe as we kind of close all this out, there's a couple things I think that Jesus is really going to want to do. First, I believe that he's going to want to start bringing some truth into some areas that maybe we had closed off, okay? Okay? Maybe there's some areas in your life that, that you've kind of closed off, and Jesus right now, if you'll let him, wants to speak some truth into it. And listen, it may come as a sledgehammer. It may come as a feather, but I believe it'll come if you'll be open to it. And you need to Listen. Listen to what Jesus is saying to you. Hear what he's saying. Because some of you have been dealing with some stuff for a really, really long time. And it's time to let the truth of the Father come through. Listen. Listen. Truth sets us free. Truth brings us into freedom. Truth, when we embrace it, 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 it stops the hiding. It stops the, 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 the keeping things hidden from God. It, it brings it all out into the light. Not where Jesus looks at you with, with shame and shaking his head and how could you, but with love and mercy and kindness and grace. 
He wants to let those crystals come out and be beyond display for his glory. And it's time. So let's listen, okay? Let's listen. And then when he speaks, whether it's today or later on today or tomorrow, listen, let's understand what it is. It's love. It is love in action. He loves you so much. He wants to make you new. He wants to take areas of your life that are destructive to you and to others and change them. He wants you to be aware, not so you can fix yourself, but so that you could allow him to change you. Life change. But you got to be open to the, the disruptive, sometimes brutal honesty of Jesus. But he loves you so much to tell you the truth. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now. And Father, I just pray you just begin to speak. Father, speak to areas, speak to situations, speak to circumstances. And I don't have to pray this because I know you will. But thank you that you're just honest with us. Thank you that you don't, you don't lie to us. Thank you that you don't placate us. Thank you that you're so good that we can take every word you say and know it's truth. Now we can deny it. We can fight it. We can do all these things. But bottom line is this, Jesus, you love us enough to speak to those places that need you. So Father, will you open our hearts? Will you help us to embrace the truth that you want to share with us? Because you desperately want to do it. Father, thank you for your honesty. Jesus, thank you for loving us enough to call a spade a spade and to help us realize that there are areas at times in our life that we need to hand over to you so that we can come closer to you, know you better, know you more intimately, and also because of that love and that knowledge, be able to share it with people around us.